Good morning, everyone. It's Morgan. Um, I'm still trying to get over being sick, so you'll have to excuse my stuffy congestion everything. So I apologize. Um, I wanted to talk today about some tips for interpretation of tarot cards. Now, these are all in the weight, the Rider Weight Tarot book that um, you can pick up. I found it on Amazon. Actually, I believe it was gifted to me. I really don't know how it showed up at my shop, which is interesting. But um, I'm getting a lot of this from there. For those of you who haven't gone out and bought the book for the Rider Weight tarot deck you know this is this is just some useful information that is in the book that you'll find um to help you read tarot better for the people that you read tarot for um but 10 useful tips um number one the most important clues may be in the background um many cards show a figure with a number of significant items behind that figure so what happens behind um, one's back for oneself, something unseen, shadowy, or something to which one has no conscious access. For instance, the vulnerable spot um, between Siegfried's shoulder blades in the New Blungen saga. I have no idea what the heck that is. Um, obviously, it's some story. But um, we can only understand the full importance of importance of the cards, um, such as when we take into account the fact that the figure in the image may be faced with a problem that he or she has not yet, yet grasped. Uh, we can see what's behind their back, but the figure themselves cannot see what's behind their back. They're not aware of it. The next um, tip is the part stands for the whole. What that means is... Um, the little, like, uh, for instance, the little snail in the picture for the Nine of Pentacles or the varying number of birds shown in the sword court cards. These details have both positive and negative meanings, which um, typify the card as a whole. So make sure you're looking at um, all sorts of stuff like that. Now, here's something pretty important. The colors. The colors alone in a card explain a great deal. Um, white is the starting point like a blank sheet of paper or a compilation or a completion I'm sorry a completion of healing um dazzling an emptiness or a new intellectual territory that's what white stands for in the cards um gray the gray stands for an unconscious state um in a psychological sense the shadows um or a conscious indifference like, uh, for example, the equivalence or lack of prejudice. Black is the unknown. The earth's innards or the inner significance of a given situation, a black box, a visible shadow, mental or emotional darkness or new territory. That's what all that means. Um, yellow is consciousness, envy, mental dissonance, or shrillness. The gold um, is, is consciousness, eternity, envy, greed, dazzling, and pompousness. Orange stands for vitality, warmth. It's the mixture of red and yellow, 
arbitrariness. So that's what that stands for. Uh, blue is the indifference or the coolness, the longing, the blues, the sentimentality, the inebriation. Light blue means air. It's open. It's sky. It's the heavens. It's clear. Um, water, spirituality, also being blue-eyed um, is important. Idol, idolization. So uh, having idols and, and, and thinking of something as an idol. Green in the cards is freshness, youth, inexperience, and immaturity. Dark green in the card is a meaning that is close to nature. It's vegetative, protracted, long-lasting. Beige um, is the human body. And brown is being down to earth, connected to the earth, son of the soil, grounded of creation. Um, violet is borderline experience. Uh, the mixture, it's a mixture of red and blue. Uh, this is just a brief outline. Um, it provides the basic standards of interpretations of the colors within the context of Western culture and provides a reliable starting point for interpretation. Uh, next is the color of the sky. The color of the sky reveals a lot. By taking into account the color of the sky on a given card, you obtain a simple but important clue for its interpretation. So then you would go back to those colors to see what the color of the sky is meaning. Um, you don't want to overinterpret the numbers. That is number five tip. You don't want to interpret overinterpret the numbers. The numbers are there to be played with or for computing. They don't possess any generally valid inner significance. All purpose statements like the five stands for crisis or the six always means harmony are far removed from serious and dependable um, interpretations. Of course, numbers can have a symbolic significance, such as the case with 4711 or 1945 or 911. And a one can stand for uniqueness, but also for unity, single-mindedness, loneliness, and all other terms which oneness is to be found. Two-ness can be found in words like twofold, twosome, double, twin, etc., as well as in phrases two's company, a double back, dual personality, etc. Some numbers lend themselves to play on words like two four T, two forty. <laughs> Nevertheless, numbers do not carry any inherent deeper meaning around with them. If the author of a book on interpretations writes, for instance, the five is typical for crisis, as the image shows, there's no more than a projection of his own conviction into the five of card, whatever card. Um, example, that's that it necessarily has something to do with a crisis. Although the number five itself is, un is quite innocent and certainly not shackled to the notion of crisis. Pardon me. I'm so sorry. My head cold is coming to an end, I think. Generally, still going over um, in the interpretation, don't over-interpretate numbers. Generally, only the functional values of numbers have any significance in tarot interpretation. Advanced users of the tarot can try interesting ex exercises involving such methods like adding 2 plus 3 equals 5. 
Tip number six, pay close attention to the proportions. In the image of the Four of Wands, the figures are depicted, depicted much smaller than is the case in other images. They fall short. Or perhaps they are of normal height and are painted so small in order to emphasize the comparatively huge size of the wands. This sort of thing can be found on many other cards, not just the Four of Wands. Um, number seven, the blind spots are gateways to new viewpoints. If you find that you can't help but regard a certain card in an especially positive or negative light, then you could be sure that you have discovered one of your blind spots. The same applies if you find a certain tarot deck generally very good, but with one or two cards you have a strong feeling that the artist has slipped up. This is usually a reliable indication of a blind spot. Well, then lucky you, it says. <laughs> in situations like this, it's practically always the case that the blind spot has arisen not just because of the tarot cards, but was already present in your life. The tarot has simply brought it out to the open. Now the important thing is to take your time, give the blind spot the time it needs to come into focus. You will be rewarded by the new insights which, prog which progress through this that it brings. Number eight. A card does not portray a human a card that does not portray a human figure has something to tell us. Some of the Rider Waite tarot deck cards, um, there are no human beings to be seen. Um, for example, the Eight of Wands. This is always a warning against losing oneself and always includes an impulse towards expanding one's consciousness in respect of processes that are greater than one's own person. Every single, number nine, every single symbol is open to multiple interpretations. A wolf, as portrayed in the moon card, for instance, could be a bad wolf symbolizing greed, veracity, rapacity, and overpowering might. But equally, it could be a sign for the protective instincts and primal forces. Um, as in collection of the myths entitled Women Who Run, Women Who Run With Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And it's the same with every detail for every other card. That's why lying tarot cards practically cannot become boring because one is constantly finding new interpretations of the cards and their symbols. I have, I don't know if any of you have found this, but I find something new and get something new from each spread that I do for someone, whether it's someone at work or whether it's someone through the broom closet who is looking for a tarot reading. Um, there's always something new that pops up. It's kind of awesome. Uh, for that to happen. Um, number 10, the last one. Court cards represent developed personalities. A good way of achieving independence in interpreting the cards within a short space of time is to concentrate on the four suits. And when we regard the court cards, king, queen, knight, and page, as personalities that help us understand these four elements more fully, each court card represents an ideal type a person who is complete and sovereign command over the element in question. The individual court figures within a suit display specific character traits. So the queen, she's impulsive, an initiator, an investigator. It's a water type person. Um, that being said, it's usually uh, Pisces, um, 
Scorpio and I believe, I don't remember what the other water sign is, but it's usually someone in your life. If it's not you, it's usually someone in your life that is a water sign. The king is considered thorough, intensive, and consolidating. He's a fire type. doesn't have to be male or female. It's just these are the types of people that are in your life or it's you. The knight is one who is magnifying, expanding, a drawer of consequences. This is an air type. The page, he makes something tangible out of or with the element in question. He's an earth type. So those are the 10 tips for interpreting tarot cards with the Rider Waite deck. Um, we're going to start next one is going to be, hold on. We're going to do an overview of the major and minor arcanas next. So we're progressing. I appreciate you listening. Um, please also, if you feel so inclined we are listener supported so please donate um if you're able if you're not spread the word we really appreciate um you listening and spreading the word and getting the word out that we are here so that we can you know inform other pagan people about you know they don't necessarily have to go coven this is you know for people who may be solitaire and you know are finding it hard to find certain resources. We're trying to get the correct information out there so that you can differentiate what's the, what's the correct way to practice and, and what is kind of junk. Um, I had a friend who had asked me, you know, something about candle colors and stuff. Remember, we go back way, way, way farther before anybody had any type of organized religion. We are the original. We're the OGs. We're the OGs of the religion scene. So don't forget, you know, we we had some of the most basic of tools back in the day, and that is what they used. They used what they had. You you can always, always, always substitute something. If you have any questions, please feel free to message me, email me. I'm more than happy to answer. I'd love to hear um, some insights on what you guys have to say. Um, let me know how your tarot readings are going. I, I'd love to hear that story too. Um, so I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Um, keep a lookout. In the next couple of months, we are working on getting some video equipment so that we can have a YouTube channel and we'll start doing some um, rituals and showing how to properly cleanse your circle, cleanse and consecrate everything. We're going to put up some wards and some sentinels. We're going to get all that information out to you. So we're really excited. We have so much that we're looking at doing. I'm, I'm totally stoked about doing this. You guys have made this happen and I can't thank you enough. So you have a great day. Blessed be. Let your word be your bond.